ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so in the last lesson we were talking about the congregational prayer and the responsibilities of the imam and one of the responsibilities of the imam that we mentioned was to ensure that the rows are straightened before beginning the prayer of course that is the responsibility of the congregation themselves too but the imam needs to check that as well and ensure that the rows are straight we finished off on the narration of malik ibn abi amir where he said kuntu ma'a uthman ibn affan on one occasion when he was with uthman ibn affan radiyallahu anhuma abu amir and uthman ibn affan faqamat as-salah and the prayer the iqama was done wa ana ukallimuhu fi an yafrida li falam azal ukallimuh wa huwa yusawwi al-hasba'a bin alayh hatta ja'ahu rijalun qad kana wakkalahum bitaswiyati as-sufuf fa akhbaruhu anna sufufa qad istawat faqala li istawi fi as-saf thumma kabbar that narration that we explained about when he was talking to Uthman ibn Affan and the iqama had been done he was carrying on talking to him for a while until the people who he had appointed had straightened the rows when they finally did it they came and told him and that's when Uthman ibn Affan then began the prayer fahada fi'lu rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa khulafa'ihi ar-rashidin la yukabbiruna lis-salah hatta tastawi as-sufuf hence what we learn from the sunnah is that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the companions when they led the prayer, they would not do the takbirat al-ihram, Allahu Akbar, and begin until they had checked and made sure that all of the rows were straight. أَفَلَيْسَ مِنَ الْجَدِيرِ بِنَا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَنَا فِيهِمْ أُسْوَى So is it not suitable and is it not deserving of us to be following them in that example, to take them as an example? So we should... After the iqama, make sure that all of the rows are straightened properly before beginning the prayer itself. وَأَن نَنْتَظِرَ فَلَا نُكَبِّرَ لِلصَّلَةِ حَتَّى نَرَاهُمْ قَدْ اسْتَوُوا عَلَى الْوَجْهِ الْمَطْلُوبِ So the imam, when the iqama is done, everybody gets up. The imam should not start the prayer until he has a look and checks and tell somebody to check that the rows have all become straight. The Shaykh said, we should not fear what the people are going to say. People are going to start saying, what's going on? Start the prayer, why the delay? That's the type of thing you're going to get from the people. But this is the sunnah. Slowly, if you keep doing it all of the time, eventually people will realize why this is being done. Everybody will start talking, the imam, why doesn't he start straight away now? Why the delay every time? Eventually, after a week or two or a few weeks, everybody, the word will get around. And they will understand, they will learn, this is the sunnah. 
This is how it is supposed to be done. We're supposed to straighten our rows. The imam is supposed to check all of that. That is why after the iqama there is the delay before the takbir is done. So that is something important which the people <coughs> have neglected and have not fulfilled the right of. Also, for the imam, when he is leading the prayer, he needs to make sure that the prayer is of a reasonable middle length. Not too long and not too short. But when you are by yourself, then it's up to you. You can pray as you please. You can make it as long as you please when a person is praying by himself. But when you are behind the imam, the imam should make sure that he makes the prayer a reasonable length, uh, suitable, such that it would not burden the people. And if there are elderly and weak in the congregation also. But even if the imam did make it long, and even if it was just middle length, people in the congregation cannot go ahead of the imam, ever. In one narration it mentions, أَمَا يَخْشَى أَحَدُكُمْ أَوْ لَا يَخْشَى أَحَدُكُمْ إِذَا رَفَعَ رَأْسَهُ قَبْلَ الْإِمَامِ أَنْ يَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ رَأْسَهُ رَأْسَ حِمَارٍ أَوْ يَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ سُورَتَهُ سُورَةَ حِمَارٍ حديث بخاري and Muslim where the Prophet ﷺ said Are you not afraid? Are you not afraid? If you raise your head up before the imam does, in the ruku'a, when people come out so fast, even before the imam comes out, out of sujood, people are already out before the imam even finishes coming out. The Prophet ﷺ said, Are you not afraid? If you raise your head before the imam raises his head, that Allah may turn your head into the head of a donkey, or that he may change your appearance into the appearance of a donkey. Look at the severe threat for the person who hastens and wants to be quick in the prayer, coming out even before the imam does. And it's a big problem. When the imam says, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدًا He shouldn't just shoot up. Allow a moment. Let him say, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدًا And then start coming up just after him. Don't shoot up and already be standing up before the imam even finishes standing up. When he says, Allahu Akbar, to go into sujood, half the people are already down on the floor before the imam gets to the floor. Big problem this. You are going ahead of the imam. And that is not permissible. In fact, when the imam comes out of the ruku'ah, now you're all standing up. Then he says, Allahu Akbar, to go into sujood. There is a narration, the sahaba wouldn't even start moving to go into sujood. Until the Prophet ﷺ's head touched the ground, he would be all the way down, his head touching in the prostration. That's when they would start moving to come down to make sure they stay behind him. Because when you're being led by the Imam, there are four circumstances. Either you're going ahead of the Imam, and that's completely false. Cannot do that. Or, you are miles behind the imam. He's got up from the ruku'ah, going down into sujood, you're just coming out of ruku'ah. 
miles behind you, missed it. That's wrong too. Third one is what? That you are exactly equal to the imam. Exactly as he comes up, you come up exactly the same time. Exactly as he goes down, you go down exactly the same. He touches, you touch. Even that isn't good. The fourth one is what you're supposed to do. What is the fourth one then? First one was you're miles ahead. Second one, you're miles behind. Third one, you're exactly the same as him. All of those, not quite right. The fourth one is the right one. You're supposed to be where? Just slightly behind the imam. Imam says, comes up. Just slightly behind him, you come up. He goes down into prostration. Slightly behind him, you go into prostration. Imam does everything. You are just slightly behind him in everything. That is where you're supposed to be in the congregational prayer. Just slightly behind everything the imam is doing. Not at the exact same time as the imam. Allow a moment. He says, Just wait. Allow a moment. Then come up. He says, Allahu Akbar. Allow a moment. Let him go down. Let him touch. And then you go. He says, Allahu Akbar to come out of the sujood. Allow a moment. Slight moment. Then come up. So always in the prayer, you allow a slight moment. To make sure you stay just slightly behind everything the imam is doing. That is where you're supposed to be. Not ahead of the imam. Not miles behind the imam. Not equal to the imam. But just slightly behind everything the imam is doing. That is the proper way to pray in the congregation. Because the scholars they say, those people who rush in the prayer, and you want to quickly get through all the parts of the prayer, they say, what's the point? You can go as fast as you want. As fast as you want. When the Imam says, Sami Allah, already you're standing up. He's just saying, Sami Allah yet. He says, Allahu Akbar, before he even goes, you're already in sujood. What's the point? Because at the end, at the end of it all, you can't go anywhere until the Imam says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. You can't go anywhere until the Imam gives the salam. So why are you being so quick in the middle of the prayer? You can finish your sujood, you can finish your everything you want. In the end, you still have to wait. You still have to wait in the end until he says salam, salam. So you're not going to go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. You're going to wait for him in the end until he gives the salam anyway. So no matter how quick you go, you're not going anywhere in the end. You're going to wait in the end until the imam gives the salam. Then you're going to give the salam. So what need have you got? And what reason have you got to be quick in the prayer? Take your time and stay just behind the imam. Because at the end of it all, you're going to be giving your salam when the imam gives it. You're not going to give it early and get off. So you've got no reason to be quick in the prayer. Stay just behind the imam and allow that uh, uh, small gap to stay behind him. And this is a big problem because people are so impatient. As soon as the imam, everybody standing up already. As soon as Allah, everybody already in sujood. Already, quickly. And it shouldn't be like that. You should be just slightly behind the imam. So, to summarize then, what are the responsibilities of the, or rather, that they are the responsibilities of the imam. Now, what are the responsibilities for you? You're in the congregational prayer now. You're lining up in the row. What are your responsibilities for this jama'ah prayer you're about to pray? What things do you need to keep an eye on and focus on when you're in the jama'ah about to pray? Number one, 
Same as the imam, you need to take a responsibility too for the row. To make sure you're lined up properly in the row, straight, side by side. Yourself, you need to do it too. Imam's gonna come and check, that's his responsibility. But your responsibility obviously as well is to try and make sure that you're doing it in the first place. You're straightening your row side by side, ankle by ankle, shoulder by shoulder, and that you're checking and getting yourself lined up properly. That is one of your responsibilities. Make sure there are no gaps left, so stand side by side. All of that you can do yourself. So a person should try to do that himself in the first place anyway. And then of course, as we said, the imam checks afterwards too. Then also, from one of the responsibilities of you, is that when you pray in the jama'ah, you should try to get there early to be in the front rows. For the men, you should get there early to get to the front rows. Because the best rows for the men are the front rows. In one hadith it says, الصف لو يعلم الناس ما في النداء والصف الأول ثم لم يجدوا إلا أن يستهموا عليه لاستهموا. The Prophet ﷺ said, if the people knew the great goodness in adhan and in the first row, if they had to draw lots, draw lots. To get to the first row, to get a space, they would draw lots to get spaces in the first row. Such is the greatness and the virtue of being in those first rows. In another hadith it mentions, خَيْرُ صُفُوفِ الرِّجَالِ أَوَّلُهَا وَشَرُّهَا آخِرُهَا The best of the rows for the men are the first rows. And the worst are the back rows. And in another hadith, أَتِمُّ الصَّفَّ الْمُقَدَّمُ ثُمَّ الَّذِي يَلِهِ فَمَا كَانَ مِن نَقْصٍ فَلْيَكُنْ فَالصَّفِّ الْمُؤَخَّرِ That complete the first row first, then the one that follows it from the front. And if any of the rows are going to be left incomplete, it should be the right at the back, the last one. However many people are left, they make that last row. But all of the ones in front of them should be finished side to side complete. The only incomplete one is going to be the last one. Whoever is left, they make that row. It could only be half a row, a quarter of a row. Whatever is left at the end, they make that last row. That's going to be incomplete. Sometimes maybe not. Coincidentally, might be just enough people to make a full row. But if any row is going to be incomplete, it's going to be the last one. All the others the hadith says in front, they should be completed. No excuse to leave any of those incomplete. So the first rows are to be completed, then those that follow them. Then the hadith says, whatever shortage is going to happen, then it should be in the last row. That is the shortage where it's going to be uh, not filled. In another hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ رَأَى فِي أَصْحَابِهِ تَأَخُّرًا وفي لفظ رأى قوما في مؤخر المسجد فقال لهم تقدموا فأتموا بي وليأتم بكم من بعدكم لا يزال قوم يتأخرون حتى يؤخرهم الله In one narration the Prophet ﷺ saw that some of the companions were lining up near the back 
He saw them lining up near the back. That they were near the back, not coming to the front. So he said to them, Come forward and complete the rows with me. The rows following on from the imam. Come and complete these first rows. Obviously the imam is at the front, then the first row, they all have a vision of the imam, even if at the side, or if you're right behind, the first row people have a vision of the imam doing things, even at your side or at the front. So they can directly follow the imam. When he goes into sujood, they can see he's gone down, now they can start going down. The second, third, fourth, those rows can't see the imam. So how do they know exactly when to start moving and when not to start moving? How are they going to know? You wait for all of that, but another way as well is that you follow the row ahead. The first row, which should be, as the narration mentions, people of understanding. Especially right behind the imam. There are some narrations and scholars do mention right behind the imam should be people of understanding. They should be lined up right behind the imam. Because imagine if something happens in the prayer. Imagine for example, the imam's wudu breaks in the middle of the prayer. What happens then? What's supposed to happen then? If he's leading the prayer and his wudu breaks in the middle of the prayer, what's supposed to happen? He's got to leave and somebody from the first row from there has got to move forward. If all of those people stood right behind him and masakin, they're all scared, they can't lead the prayer, he breaks his wudu, goes, what's going to happen? Everybody standing, waiting, who's going to go? Somebody go. What are you going to do? That's why they say people behind the imam should be people of intelligence, knowledge, understanding. So if something like that happens, they know what to do, they know what's going on, they can step forward and lead the prayer. So the first row, they will follow the imam exactly. When the imam says, Allahu Akbar, to go into sujood, they know they're going to wait for him, they can see in their eyes, even though they're looking down, when he touches down, the first row will then start going down. Second row will then see the first row going down, they start going down. Third row starts going down. Knock on effect. That's how it should be. It should be like that. So the first row, people of knowledge, they know how to follow the imam and stay behind him. So they do all of their actions just behind the imam. Then that knock on effect, the row behind them sees them, the row behind them sees that row. And then everybody in the congregation is behind the imam. So that is how it should be. So the Prophet said to them, those behind you will follow after you. The rows behind you will follow the rows that are at the front. And then he said to them, وَلَا يَزَالُ قَوْمٌ يَتَأَخَّرُونَ حَتَّى يُؤَخِّرَهُمُ اللَّهِ That people, if they carry on, they will carry on going to the back, Allah will push you to the back, like a threat. If you keep going to the back and you don't come to the front rows, Allah will push you to the back. Like a threat upon you. That Allah will push you away, push you to the back and delay you. فَهَلْ تَرْضَى أَيُّهَا الْمُسْلِمِ لَنَفْسِكَ أَنْ تَكُونَ فِي شَرِّ صُفُوفِ وَآخِرِ صُفُوفِ مَعَ تَمَكُّنِكَ مِنْ أَوَّلِهَا The Shaykh says, are you pleased, are you happy to go and sit at the back when there are spaces at the front? Why would you sit at the back? You go into the mosque, 10, 15, 20 minutes left for the prayer, all the spaces are there near the front and you go sit on the back wall? Makes no sense. Go to the front rows and sit there, take a place and get all the reward. When we used to be in University of Medina, students used to go into the mosque. First thing you used to do when you walk in, straight away go start looking at the front row, where's the little gap? 
small gap and they would go and squeeze themselves in. Everybody wants to sit near the front rows. Nobody wants to go to the back rows. The reward, bigger reward, is to go to those front rows. So come early and go to those places. Don't go sit at the back on the wall or the side. Go take a place at the front row. وَمَا مِنْ إِنسَانٍ يَرْضَى لِنَفْسِهِ بِذَلِكَ إِلَّا وَقَدْ رَضِيَ لَهَا بِالْخُسْرَانِ The only type of person who prefers to sit at the back is a type of person who is like the losers. He doesn't care about the reward. He doesn't care about those first rows. Then like the hadith mentions the threat from Allah. If you're going to do that, then Allah will just push you to the back. A threat. So you should not do that. You should not be happy to go sit at the back. When there are spaces, go and take those spaces. And know that there is a great reward for those early spaces. Some issues here. Shaykh gives an example now. Imagine there are three people or more. Three or more people praying in a jama'ah. If there are three or more people, then how do you make the jama'ah? Imagine there's three now. One imam, two people behind him. How do they line up? Imam at the front, two behind him. Imam at the front and two behind him. What if there isn't enough space? You're on Saudi Airlines, for example. You've seen the small area they give you. Actually, even there you can make two rows. But imagine it's busy. People are praying sunnah prayers in the back. You can only make two rows in that space. People are praying sunnah in the back. You have space just to make one row. Three of you go there. How are you going to pray? Line up with the imam, but where does the imam stand exactly? So imam just a bit in the front, and the other two just maybe 10 centimeters just behind him, like that? To his right or either side, depending on the space, doesn't matter, but where's the imam going to be? Just a little bit ahead, and everybody else just a little bit behind that's what everybody says. Agreed? All exactly in the same line. So Imam not in front of them. Anybody agree with that? No. No, but you have space to do 10 centimeters. You have space. So do you do it or do you not do it? Well, that's the question. How are you going to do it? You got space for 10 centimeters. Imam can go 10 centimeters forward. Shall he do it or shall they line up straight? Straight. So most people are saying the Imam should do that 10 centimeters, be slightly ahead of the others. But no, no, but now for now, just about lining up. So the two elders, the two elders, the fatwa is line up straight. All the youngsters, fatwa is, make the imam go forward. Listen to your elders. Listen to your elders. In that row, the imam isn't supposed to go ahead, 10 centimeters. Because in that case now, how many rows are there? One row. And the row is supposed to be straight. Why are you bending the row? You have bent the row if the imam goes forward. That is one row now. The imam isn't in a separate row and you're behind him. You're lining up alongside the imam. So you are a row. If you make the imam go 10 centimeters forward, then your row is bent. Either the two of you on his right hand side, then bent like that. 
That's a bent row. If you are either side of him, it's coming, bent, coming. It's a bent row. So if you're in lining with the imam together, that's the space you got. You got to stand on side of him. Then you stand together in a straight row. Imam doesn't go forward. If he goes forward, the row becomes crooked. Everything, just make it a straight row then. You are then a straight row. Because you are a row. So then in that case, the imam doesn't go forward in that situation. وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ نعم. So the shaykh says, وَإِذَا كَانُوا يُسَلُّونَ عَلَى بِصَاطِ وَنَحْوِهِ لَا يَتَّصِعْ لِتَقَدُّمِ الْإِمَامِ عَلَيْهِمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ يَكُونُونَ صَفًّا وَاحِدًا مَعَ الْإِمَامِ عَنْ يَمِينِ الْإِمَامِ وَعَنْ شِمَالِ الْإِمَامِ وَيَكُونُ الْإِمَامِ بَيْنَهُمْ So that depends, you can be some on the right, some on the left, however the space is, but the point is, it's one straight row then. وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ فِي هَذِي الْمَسْأَلَةِ إِذَا احْتَاجُوا أَنْ يَصُفُوا مَعَ الْإِمَامِ تَجِدُمْ يَكُونُونَ جَمِيعًا عَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَهَذَا خِلَافَ السُّنَّةِ بَلِسُنَّةِ أَنْ يَكُونُوا عَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَعَنْ يَسَارِهِ The other thing the shaykh says is, in that kind of situation, most people say you should all line up on the right-hand side of the imam if you're in one row. Imam on the left, everybody else on his right if you're one row. It's actually not like that in the sunnah, the shaykh says. In the sunnah, in that situation, imam is in the middle, and you line up either side of him. So if there's three of you, and you've got no space to make two rows, imam in the middle, one on the right, one on the left. Five of you, two on the right, two on the left, imam in the middle, one row. So it's not the case that everybody comes on the right and imam over there on the left. Should be in the middle and everybody on the sides. أَمَّا إِذَا كَانَ الْمَأْمُمْ وَاحِدًا مَعَ الْإِمَامِ Now, that's if you have three or more. If there's, uh, if there's two. Two, if there's two. Yeah, so the imam on the left and the you who are being led by the imam, you're going to be on his right hand side. You're going to be on his right hand side and you're going to be lined up straight. This again, you always see people when they're praying, if there's two or three, imam is 10, 10 meters ahead. Always. Because people think the imam needs to be ahead. But the sunnah like that, you are a row now. You are a row. You're still not going to go ahead of him because you're following him. When he says Allah Akbar and goes, give it a slight moment like we said. So you don't go with him. He says Allah Akbar and goes down, give it a slight moment, then you go down. He says, Allah comes up, give it a slight moment, then you come up. So even though you're lined up right next to him, you're still going to be slightly behind him in everything. You're still going to be following him. You're not going to be equal with him. So where you have two people, I mean, if you made the imam, he wants to be level, and the person wants to keep stepping back, do you... No, explain to them before the prayer. If it happens in the prayer, then what can you do? You can't, you can't keep uh, trying to solve it in the prayer. Explain to them after the prayer then. Then, وَفِي هَذِهِ الْحَالِ إِذَا كَانَ إِمَامٌ مَأْمُومٌ فَإِنَّ الْإِمَامُ يَكُونُ مُسَاوِيًا لِلْمَأْمُومِ So in that case, the imam and the person with the imam, they are to be lined up straight. وَمِمَّا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِمُصَافَةِ النَّاسِ بَعْضِهِمْ لِبَعْضٍ مَسْأَلَةِ اِخْتَلَفَةِ فِيهَا أَهْلُ الْعِلْمُ وَهِيَ الصَّلَامُ فَرِدًا خَلْفَ الصَّفِ This is the next issue now. You walk into the mosque, they've already started the prayer. Just done the iqama, imam just said Allahu Akbar and they started praying. You walk in. You look at the row, the last row coincidentally is full. You're the next person now, the only guy starting this new row. You have a look at the, the last available row, full to the end, full to the end. You've walked in now, you can't get into that last row. So you're not going to be the new row, the first person by yourself on the new row. Is it permissible for you to pray by yourself in a row in the jama'ah? You're in the jama'ah, but you are a row by yourself. 
This issue, not many people know about it. There is difference of opinion about this. There is difference of opinion about this. Some scholars, they say, you cannot make a row by yourself. You are not a row, you are by yourself. To make a row, you need two people or more. You can't be a row by yourself. So some scholars, and there are evidences for it, they say you cannot make a row by yourself. And it's a big problem. Because if you come in like that now, and you're the only person, based upon this opinion, what are you going to do? You can't make a row by yourself, there's nobody else there, waiting, waiting, they don't ruku, everything, nobody coming. You miskin only the late one. So now what are you going to do? Okay, so, they say one option is, this is true, it's in the books of fiqh. One option is then, because this is an opinion. The other opinion, no problem, they say you can pray. One opinion, no problem, make the row, you pray in the jama'ah, you can't do anything else. But this opinion we're talking about now, where they say, you can't be a row by yourself. One person isn't a row. So what do you do then? So then they say, one thing you could do is, drag one person back. Drag one person back, and line them up with you. Yeah, if he knows about it, drag one person back who understands what's going on, you drag him back and now you've made a row. That's possible. But there's problems with that. What's the problems with that? One obvious problem is now you're going to make a, a gap in the row in front. Doesn't matter how much they're spread out now, there's a gap there. You've made a gap in that row. Another problem, which might be more problem, No, no, and forget the other people, but the person you pulled back. The first rows have the more reward. The further back you go, less reward. You might say, what's going on here? You pulled me back from the good row to the, to the worst row. So this problem is what? You're going to take a person from the better row to one which is behind that row. So that's a problem too. What's another solution then? That's something they mentioned too. In the books of fiqh, the ones who take this opinion, they say another solution then, maybe a different solution they say, is you could, forget pulling somebody out, making a gap and pulling him back a row, leave all that. Disturbing him as well in the prayer, everything, you first you might not know what's going on, like you said, you might not, might not even understand what's happening and you think somebody's, something's happening, he doesn't know. So forget all that, they say instead what you can do is, walk to the front and line up on the side of the imam. Make a row with the imam. Side by side with the imam. So now, that's a solution, but then there's problems with that too. To get to the imam, how are you going to do that? You're going to have to break through all of the rows to get to the imam. So even that is a problem. You're going to be squeezing through, it could be 20 rows. Even 3-5 rows, you got to squeeze through at the side, squeeze through. Because mostly the mosque, the way it should be built is that the entrances are at the back. That's how the mosques used to be built in Islamic history. Mosques are always built in Islamic history with the entrance at the back. Nowadays, because of the buildings and how people buy them already built, you have no choice. Sometimes the door is near the front and things like that. But normally the door is supposed to be at the back. So people come in, they can just join the row. So now in that kind of situation, you're going to have to break through, break through, and go all the way and stand next to the imam. So that is a bit of an issue as well. So in that opinion, there are some issues. Here the Shaykh is going to mention them now. اِخْتَلَفَ فِي ذَلِكَ أَهْلُ الْعِلْمِ فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَرَى أَنَّهَا تصح. Some scholars say, no problem. Line up by yourself. you got no other option. Just pray. You're in the jama'ah. It counts. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَرَى أَنَّهَا لَا تصح عَلَى صَبِيلِ الْإِطْلَاقِ فِي الْقَوْلَيْنِ Others, they say, not at all. 
Your prayer won't count if you pray by yourself. Doesn't matter you tell me I'm in the jama'ah following the imam. You're by yourself, you're not a row. So some scholars say it will not count. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَرَى التَّفْصِيلِ فِي ذَلِكَ فَإِذَا جَاءَ الْإِنسَانُ وَوَجَدَ صَفْ تَامًا لَيْسَ لَهُ فِي مَكَانِ فَإِنَّهُ يُصَلِّ وَحْدَهُ مَعَ الْإِمَامِ خَلْفَ الصَّفْ وَصَلَاتُهُ صَحِيحَةٌ وَلَا حَرَجٌ عَلَيْهِ فِي ذَلِكَ لِقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَا اسْتَطَعْتُمْ وَهَذَا الْإِنْسَانُ اتَّقَى اللَّهَ مَا اسْتَطَاعَ فَإِنَّهُ لَيْسَ بِاسْتِطَاعَتِهِ أَكْثَرَ مِمَّا حَصَلَ وَهَذَا الْقَوْلُ هُوَ الْقَوْلُ الرَّاجِحُ Some of the scholars have said the ones who say it's okay basically that Allah says in the Quran فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَا اسْتَطَاعْتُمْ Fear Allah to the best of your ability. You walk in the row is complete. You can't squeeze in anywhere. They are all side by side properly, sunnah. So what can you do? Absolutely nothing. You can't really break through and go to the imam. You can't pull somebody back. They say you can't do anything. You have feared Allah to the best of your ability. Just line up and pray and it counts inshallah. That's it. So that is some of them. And the shaykh, as shaykh al-Uthaymeen says, inshallah that's the correct opinion, his opinion too. That you just pray then and it counts. وَلَا رَيْبَ أَنَّ صَلَاتَهُ مَعَ الْإِمَامُ مُنْفَرِدًا خَلْفَ صَفْ خَيْرًا خَيْرٌ مِنْ صَلَاتِهِ مُنْفَرِدًا عَنَ الْجَمَاعَةِ وَالصَّفْ فَيُصَلِّ وَحْدَهُ The alternative, what's another alternative? Pull somebody back, not really good. Try and break through to the imam, not really good. What would be your other option then? Wait, and if all the prayer finishes, nobody comes, what's your option then? Pray that prayer by yourself. That's not really a good option either. The shaykh says, surely it's better... Just pray by yourself then, than to pray outside of the jama'ah alone. So, some of them say that, just pray then. وَفِي هَذِي الْحَالِ إِذَا رَأَى الصَّفْ تَامًا فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَجْذِبْ أَحَدًا مِنَ الصَّفْ أَلَّذِي قُدَّامَهُ لِأَنَّهُ جَذْبْ إِنسَانٌ مِنَ الصَّفْ يَتَضَمَّنْ ثَلَاثَةُ مَحَاضِيرٌ The shaykh says, he doesn't agree with this thing about pulling somebody back. He says for three reasons. Number one, he says, you will obviously leave a gap in that row then. That's one problem. Number two, he says, you're going to be pulling that person back from a superior row to something which is lesser. Because now you've taken him a row back. And every time you go a row back, the reward is less now. The best rows are at the front. So you've taken him a level down now. That isn't good. And number three, obviously the other one is, number three, that you're going to disturb somebody praying. You're going to grab him, pull him back. It's a disturbance, even if he knows what's happening. He's got the knowledge, he understands that probably somebody hasn't found anybody now. He's by himself and he's pulling me back to make her. He understands. But still, it's a disturbance in your prayer. Disturbance now suddenly to get touched while you're praying and to be pulled back. So there's a lot of reasons the Sheikh says I don't agree with pulling somebody back. So, um, if someone is adamant on that position that um, it's not permissible to be a role by yourself, mm. um, is it possible for him to then wait until the Salah has finished? And if he wants to find anyone who's still making up from the Salah... Those are options that you could do. Join him. They are hypothetical scenarios. MashaAllah, everybody is legitimate. Nobody was late. So then you get up and you got nobody to join with. They're all scenarios that you could put forward in this situation. But here the Shaykh says, in that case, according to him, the Rajih is that you can pray. But many scholars are very strict about this. Many scholars are very strict about it. You cannot be a row by yourself. And then they give all those types of possible solutions that could be something they mention as well. And there are evidences for it. It's not like they just made this opinion by themselves. 
There are ahadith and evidences about it. Strong evidences about it too. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, وَلِذَٰلِكَ لَمَّا لَمْ يَكُنْ لِلْمَرْأَ مَكَانْ فِي صَفِ الرِّجَالِ جَازَ لَهَا أَن تُصَلِّيَ وَحْدَهَا خَلْفَ الصَّفِ لِتَعَذُّرِ وَقُوفِهَا فِي صُفُوفِ الرِّجَالِ شَرَعًا وَالْمُتَعَذِّرِ حِصًا كَالْمُتَعَذِّرِ شَرَعًا وهذا دليل آخر وهو دليل قياسي ظاهر A woman for example A woman when she walks into the jama'ah because you know in the olden days the way the mosques were the men pray at the front of the room and the women line up in the same room at the back line up at the back of the mosque when they come can they line up in the men's rows anyway not at all not allowed anyway so now they go and make the rows at the back that's what they have to do same could be said about this individual when he comes and the row is complete can he get in there he can't so then the only alternative is to just line up by himself a woman walks in, she's not allowed to line up with them. The only alternative is to go and line up by herself at the back. So Shaykh al-Islam gives this kind of example that this is your option then. When you have no other option, you just line up. So that is the opinion of some of the scholars as we said. أَفَلَا يَجُوزُ لَهُ أَنْ يَجِبُ أو يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ نَتَقَدَّمْ لِيَقِفَ عَنْ يَمِينَ الْإِمَامِ So now this other thing about why doesn't he just walk? Okay, he's going to break through the rows. Go and walk and stand next to the Imam. A Shaykh al says, No. Don't do that either. One, because, أَنَّ النَّاسِ يَكُونُونَ بِسُورَةِ One problem the Shaykh says is, if somebody does that, they say, I can't line up by myself. I'm not going to pull anybody. I'll take the solution of going through and lining up with the Imam. So now when he goes through and lines up with the Imam, one of the problems with that the Shaykh says is, that jama'ah now, it looks like they are being led by two imams. It looks like they are being led by two imams. So even the appearance of that jama'ah doesn't look right now. It looks like they got two imams stood at the front. Especially if people walk in afterwards and a row is made, and then it's going to look like what's going on? Why are they, when they walk in, they're going to think what's going on here? Two imams. So it looks a bit funny, it looks out of place, the way the appearance of the jama'ah is going to be as though there are two imams. The sunnah of course, the way it's supposed to be is the imam by himself. So it, it looks out of place to have two imams. Secondly, the obvious problem, you're going to have to break through and disturb all of the rows to get there. That's the obvious other problem. Third issue, This is the other one now. You walk in now, and you're the only person, you're on the opinion, I can't make the row by myself. You don't want to pull somebody, you think it's better, I'll go join the imam. So you break through, and you go join the imam. Then, 10 seconds later, another guy walks in. He's now in the exact same problem as you. So what's he going to do now? He's going to go break through and start making a row with the imam as well? He's going to pull somebody back? The shaykh says, better just line up by yourself, probably somebody will come. Probably somebody will come and they'll line up with you instead of you going and then 10 seconds later somebody else comes. Now they're in the same position as you. They do something, maybe 10 seconds later another one comes. So the shaykh says there's no need to do all of that. Just line up. You fear Allah to the best of your ability. And I'll tell you, most of the time, if you walk into the mosque and it's full, most of the time it's not. Because you know, the majority of people, they don't understand these sunnahs. They never fill the gaps of the rows. 
Everybody has a big gap between himself and the next person. Next person gap, they have big gaps. You can easily push a few people together and easily get space. Most of the places. Because majority of the Muslims don't do these sunnahs. They don't line up properly. They don't put uh, side by side. They line up relaxing. You know how they have the carpet sometimes with the musalla picture. Everybody wants to take one for themselves in the jama'ah, mashallah. <laughs> Big spaces. And it's wrong, against the sunnah. So most of the time, most of the time, if you go in and the row looks full, to the wall, to the wall, normally it's not. Normally you can easily see the big gaps, you just push a little bit, they go this way, that way, easily fit. Most of the time. So it won't be a problem, inshallah. Then the shaykh says, وَبِهَذِهِ الْمُنَاسَبَةِ Just a different topic now about this congregation and about going to the front and joining the imam. Janaza prayer. When the janaza prayer happens, أَنَّ بَعْضَ النَّاسِ إِذَا قَدَّمَ الْجَنَازَ إِلَى الْإِمَامِ وَقَفَ مَعَ الْإِمَامِ بِدُونِ دَاعٍ لِذَلِكِ وَهَذَا خِلَافَ السُنَّةِ بَلِ السُنَّةِ أَنْ يَتَقَدَّمَ الْإِمَامِ وَحْدَهُ إِلَى الْجَنَازَ وَيَكُنْ مَعَ وَيَكُنْ مَنْ قَدَّمُوهَا مَعَ النَّاسِ فِي الصُّفُوفِ فَإِنْ لَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُمْ مَكَانٍ فَإِنَّهُمْ يَصُفُّونَ بَيْنَ الْإِمَامِ وَبَيْنَ الصَّفِّ الْأَوَّلِ لِدُعَاءِ الْحَاجَةِ لِذَلِكَ فَإِنْ لَمْ يَسَعْهُمَا الصَّفُّ بَيْنَ الْإِمَامِ وَبَيْنَ الصَّفِّ الْأَوَّلِ فَإِنَّهُمْ يَصُفُّونَ عَنْ يَمِينِ الْإِمَامِ وَعَنْ شِمَالِ الْإِمَامِ When janaza happens the body comes normally the family of that deceased person they will be bringing the body everything everybody's already lined up most of the time by then so when the family of the deceased comes and they give the body there they want to stand right there at the front so normally if, if it's already squashed and everybody's already lined up, they end up lining up with the imam. Shaykh says, really that shouldn't happen. Really it shouldn't happen. In that situation, in the janazah prayer, is there ruku'ah? Is there sujood? No. So then all this family who comes, really they shouldn't line up with the imam. There's no need to just line up right behind him. In that gap, you're not going to do ruku'ah sujood anyway. You're just going to stand. So stand behind him still. Let the imam be the imam by himself. And all the family and those close people who want to be there, they can just line up right behind the imam, just stand right behind him, because he doesn't need any space for ruku or sujood, nothing. So that's better than lining up with the imam. If it was completely squashed, then okay, they can line up with the imam. Uh, another issue, imagine now you walk into the mosque and you've been to this lesson about the first rows and about the virtue of the first rows. So now, some of these elders, mashallah, they walk into the mosque early. They think, I'm going to go now first row early, right behind the imam. They walk in, but some of these kids, mashallah, even better. They got there early, and they got spaces on the first row. So some of these older elders, they go inside, and they want the first row now. And they look and they see, there's some elders, and then they see kids taking the spots. So they come to one of the kids... Tell him, you move back. Let me take that space. Small, you're only 10. You go sit in the second row. Is it allowed or not? No. It's allowed? I think I read it somewhere. I can't remember. I think I read it somewhere. So, the only thing we mentioned was, right behind the imam should be people of understanding. So that if anything happens any issue occurs in the prayer, they are people of understanding and the prayer can continue. If it was all kids and the imam's wudu broke, what would they do? Somebody from over there has to walk across and things like that. So ideally, you don't really want to have young kids who don't have any understanding right behind the imam. 
rest of the row, no problem. They can stand there and you're not supposed to move them. You're not supposed to really move the kids off. You come and you see in the first row, there's five or six kids, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds sitting there. They've got there before you. That's your problem now. You should have got up early and gone left the mosque, uh, left your house early. Kids were better than you. They came earlier than you and they got the space. So now... You shouldn't really. Right next to the imam, try to get one or two elders there. So that if anything happens, that prayer won't be a problem. If the imam's wudu breaks or something else happens, you got some elders understanding, somebody of knowledge near there. But the whole row, if there's kids everywhere, you should leave them. If they've got there, and they've got the first row, and they have understanding, then leave them. If they are small kids who don't understand anything, then if they haven't got wudu, they shouldn't be in the row in the first place. Kids who haven't got wudu should not line up in the row in the first place. If you're going to bring your kids to the mosque to pray, five, six, seven, eight, nine year olds, and they haven't got wudu, they can't line up. They can't line up in the row for the jama'ah. Because that is considered a gap. He hasn't got wudu, he's not praying. So it's just a gap in the row. So all kids, if you bring them, they got to have wudu to line up. But if they get spaces in the first row, you're not really supposed to remove them. They've come, They've got the spaces, they've got the reward. Your problem, you came late. Come earlier next time before the kids. So some scholars like Shaykh al says, you shouldn't really remove them. If they're right behind the imam, maybe push them to the side of the row a little bit, so you can get more knowledgeable people near there, but you shouldn't take them off the row. There's a hadith, مَنْ سَبَقَ إِلَى مَاءٍ لَمْ يَسْبِقْهُ إِلَيْهِ مُسْلِمٌ فَهُوَ لَهُ Hadith with the meaning of that the person who comes first, it's his right. The one who comes first to that space, then it's his right. The final thing, here briefly we mentioned it already anyway, how you're supposed to follow the imam. One situation is that you're going ahead of the imam. If you go ahead of the imam, in certain situations your prayer is invalid. Like takbiratul ihram. If you do takbiratul ihram before the imam does it, you're not even praying. Your prayer is invalid. How can you start your prayer before the imam starts his prayer? So you can't do that. Other things as well, if you go ahead of the imam, your prayer can become invalid. The second scenario is that you are side by side exactly with the imam. That again is makruh. You should not be side by side, but your prayer would be valid. It would be valid, but it's makruh. You shouldn't be side by side. Thirdly, the scenario is that you are miles behind and you end up missing parts of the prayer. Imam goes on to the second next part, you're just catching up the previous part. Your prayer can become invalid or at least the rak'ah can become invalid. The ideal situation is that you're supposed to be just behind the imam. That is how you pray. When are you supposed to move then? When he says, Sami Allah, as soon as you hear, you start moving. Not really. You're supposed to move with his movements. That's why the first row who sees the imam should make their movements in line with being just behind the imam. So then the next row follows them and the next row follows them and everybody is always just behind the imam then. So it's not about the statement, it's about the actual action. If he says, Sami and he starts saying, Sami Allah, don't start moving. Give it some time, let him say it. Because you know it's going to take time to move up. So you allow the gap to stay behind the imam. Um, 
Remember we talked about after the first raka'ah, after the second sajda, that there's a small pause when you sit down before you get up, the istiraha, jalsatul istiraha, or do you get straight up? Remember that difference of opinion. Imagine your opinion is you're supposed to take that small sitting. But the imam's opinion is you don't. Then what do you do? In that case, the scholars, they say, just follow the imam. Do it how he does it. If he just gets up, follow him and just do it like that. By yourself, pray as you wish. If you believe in that, then you can do that in that place. But when you are with the imam, then you just follow the imam. And the final thing the sheikh mentions is about catching up what you miss. So when you uh, attend the congregational prayer uh, and you missed some raka'at, we already mentioned you're not supposed to run to the prayer, go calmly, calmly to the prayer. Whatever you miss, you catch it up. So if you get to the prayer in the second raka'ah, you missed one, at the end, just get up and pray your one. And you consider that what you have missed to be what you need to make up. And the sheikh talks about the differences of where you are supposed to be in the prayer. Have you missed the beginning or the end? But suffice to say for now, the ruling that whatever you've missed, you stand up after the prayer as the hadith says, مَا فَاتَكُمْ فَأَتِمُّوا Whatever you have missed, then make it up at the end. And that brings us to the end of this particular book, the description of the Prophet's prayer in 19 lessons, uh, which is reasonably quick to have gone through the book. You have an overview of the book. You have the English available. All of that English now, if you read it, it should make good sense to you. So that is the description of the Prophet's prayer. That's where we conclude that book, alhamdulillah. And from next week, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to move on to a different topic. This was like a fiqh topic. Next week, we're going to move on to an aqidah topic, a book by uh, the title of Nawaqidul Islam, The Nullifiers of Islam. What are the types of actions that are considered as like major shirk and things? that would make you a kafir if you did them. What kinds of actions are so severe that they nullify your Islam if you did them? There are, there's a book where certain actions are mentioned. So we're going to go through them one by one. These are the severe, dangerous things that a Muslim has to stay well away from. These types of actions, you do them, you can end up in kufr. So that is the book we're going to study next week. And that's a smaller book that will probably not take as long as this one took. Less, maybe 10 sessions, maybe something around that. So that is what we'll begin next week. The English is available of that too. The English is available of that too. Uh, there are some copies in Al-Basira bookstore in Bradford. There may be copies from a Salafi bookstore online if you have a look at theirs. But maybe you can organize some copies, whoever wants copies. So inshallah ta'ala will begin with that from next week. And we'll conclude upon that for tonight then. Wassalallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Any questions or anything? This again, the scholars have different explanations about the limit of rain, about the amount of rain. Some scholars they say, for you to be able to combine the prayers for rain purposes, 
the rain has to be enough that it actually wettens your clothes when you come walking to the mosque. Sometimes you have really a light drizzle. You can walk five minutes from your house, five minute walk to the mosque, the light drizzle hardly does anything to you. Very light, light drizzle. So then that would not be considered enough to combine. Another explanation they give is, it's got to be enough rain to make soil into mud. Sometimes you get light drizzle, walk on a field, it's not muddy still. Might have been raining for half an hour with that light drizzle. But still it's not muddy. When it starts to get a little bit slushy, a little bit muddy because of that water, they say that now is a sign that the rain is enough for you to be able to combine. So some scholars give those types of explanations. If your clothes become wet, actually become wet with it, then it's enough to combine. If the floor starts to become muddy, the soil does start to take in that moisture and become muddy a bit now, that's a sign that it's actually enough rain to combine. If it doesn't really become muddy, it's still decent, nothing happening. Your clothes aren't really that wet. You could walk five minutes to the mosque, a light drizzle, then they say no. So. In Jama'at prayer, as for all the Imam, when, when do we say this taslim? Because I see, see different people doing different things. Um, Ideally, as the scholars mentioned, allow the Imam to do both. Let the Imam do both, then do yours. Even though the first taslim is the end. So once the Imam has done the first taslim, you can do it. But the scholars, they do say, allow the Imam to do both and then do yours. Hmm. Salam. The Prophet ﷺ never used to do them. The Prophet ﷺ did not used to pray the sunnahs in traveling. Only the Fajr and Witr. Never used to pray the others. Follow the example of the Prophet ﷺ. Prophet ﷺ who was the best in his worship. Follow that example in that. Yeah, we, we mentioned at the beginning the prohibited times. What are the prohibited times where you can't pray? Before that, start from the beginning of the day. Fajr time itself. When Fajr time starts up until sunrise and a bit after sunrise, that's a prohibited time. Because you're only allowed to pray a two sunnah of Fajr and two fard. Nothing else. With the only exceptions being Dawatul Asbab. A prayer that has a particular reason. So when you walk into the mosque, Tahiyatul Masjid, particular reason, you can do that. But you can't just pray Nafal. So that is one time, from the beginning of Fajr time up until sunrise. Second is the middle of the day, when the sun is right at the peak, just before Dhuhr, prohibited time. Third one is, after Asr all the way till sunset. You can't pray any other prayer apart from Asr. Or again, prayers that have specific reasons to them. Hmm. That's uh, lots of opinions about it too. Some scholars say as long as you are a traveler, you can carry on combining even if it's a year. Others like a Sheikh Al-Fawzan and a few others like that too, they say four days. If you are going somewhere and you're going to be in that location for four days or more, then don't combine. So imagine now you're going abroad somewhere 
and you have booked your tickets for a 10 day stay. You're going to be in that place for 10 days. On the day when you travel in the aeroplane, everything, you can combine and shorten, you're traveling. Once you get to your accommodation over there, you shouldn't combine or shorten. Because you're going to be staying there for more than four days. You are now considered resident. That's the opinion of Sheikh Fawzan and a few others too. So really that seems to be what the opinion of the Sheikh is and others. If you're going to go to a place for four days or more, as soon as you get there, you're a resident. Don't combine. Now the uh, frustration of forgetfulness, we talked about different ways of doing it. According to the Hanafi mother, they, they do it in a slightly different way. That was, you. wasn't you supposed to research? Who was supposed to research that? But going here, what are you going to say? Yeah, so is there any proof to that? Or? Well, I haven't come across it. Anybody? Wasn't that one of the research topics? Left it to me. <laughs> inshallah, we'll look at it. Somebody send me a message, I'll, I'll try and find it, inshallah. Anything else? You know when you're traveling, like the brother's saying combining, can you shorten them still? Or? The differences about your travel and journeying, some scholars, they say, if you're traveling, but you are resident in a place, you're resident in a place somewhere, there's no difficulty or burden upon you, then don't combine, but you can still shorten for example, some scholars mention that. There's variations of that. But basically, when you're traveling, combining and shortening is the permissibility. Some of the scholars say if you're relaxed, forget about combining, just shorten at each time. But if you're traveling somewhere and there's a mosque, you hear the adha and everything right next to you, you should go in and pray full. Mm. Um, you know, with the traveling on that four days you mentioned, yeah. um, say on the fourth day you're going to leave before you to pray, would that class as one day? Depends when you got there. You can work it out literally on 24-hour basis. If you got there on Dhuhr on the first day and you're leaving on Dhuhr on the last day, that's four days exactly. So work it out how it is. If you got there at uh, Isha on the first day and you're leaving on Dhuhr on that fourth day, then it's three days and a bit. So then you could combine all that time and shorten. All right, we'll conclude that. Carry on next week with that new book, inshallah. Try and get copies and you can arrange it. And we'll start with that, inshallah.